Hi, and welcome back to the Excel Insights podcast series. Uh, we are going to continue today on the B2B side, India B2B topic, which we started out last week with Prayank. Um, so we've, today, we, I'm happy to welcome Rahul, who is the founder and CEO of Moglex, uh, India B2B company. And I also have Prayank joining me. Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, so Rahul, welcome. Hi. Yeah, yeah so, thanks, guys. This is more like a panel format, so I want both of you to pitch in as we go. So uh, Rahul, love to start out with your background. Uh, tell us your story before you started Moglex. Okay, so before Moglex, I spent uh, close to 12 years in technology industry. Uh, primarily started my career as a more engineer focused on wireless LAN, satellite receivers, a lot of the exotic stuff that electrical engineers like to do in life. And uh, then post ISB, went on to spend five years with Google across different roles in uh, Tokyo, Singapore, Gurgaon, primarily in the sales and marketing organization. So started with running uh, the strategy and operations for uh, Google Asia, then went on to build uh, advertising exchange for the region. Got an entrepreneurial itch and uh, was uh, relocated back to Delhi to start Moglex. Uh, was very excited about how I can bring some of the learnings I had both from uh, watching a uh, lot of the internet companies being built uh, as well as the B2C commerce on how some of those learnings can be applied in the B2B sector. So with a simple idea that I want to bring those technology into this sector, the Moglex was born. Uh, with one simple mission, can we reimagine B2B commerce with technology? Got it. Okay. So why did you pick B2B commerce? Like, How did you go about picking that as a space? I think it's an interesting mix of things and uh, that came together. Um, I had a small privy, I would say, to seeing uh, the growth of uh, Alibaba and uh, how Amazon business was getting launched um, in the US. Uh, early days of B2B, uh, I always believe this was a very, very large market and uh, the amount of technology that has happened, the amount of supply chain efficiencies that have been brought in, the challenges that were uh, there as part of the sector seemed very exciting. And uh, gathering a little bit of a DNA from Google, I would say, uh, where you look at very, very large sectors uh, which may have inefficiencies and you want to take them out. So I felt that was a great uh, time. Um, when was to, this? So I pretty much stepped out in 2014. Uh, we started Moklex um, uh, Jan 2015. I was jobless and started <laughs> to work on Moklex. Yeah. And I think at that time, you spent a lot of time looking at various models, exports, imports, various sectors. Uh, you spent a lot of time studying different businesses. Um, uh, and uh, then you picked uh, this particular niche which you are in today, the MRO niche. Maybe you, know, you could tell us a bit about that. What is MRO? Yeah. What is MRO? Okay. Yeah. okay, so I think two parts to the question. So firstly, I think uh, because I started with that broad vision that I want to uh, go deep into the B2B commerce sector and find what are the value propositions and opportunities that are uh, there as part of the sector, pretty much looking at the global landscape. So whether it was looking at India to India commerce, looking at China to India, looking at India, China to the world kind of uh, different business models. I realized that uh, two things that I realized. One, I realized that the cross-border commerce was still in infancy and it will take probably five to ten years when we can start to build transaction platforms uh, which are cross-border B2B. So there is more opportunity that lies in building a transaction platform in India. So I was very clear that I didn't want to build a, a classifieds or information-oriented platform. I wanted to build it as a transaction-oriented platform. Focusing but on... Why? Uh, that's a, that's an important so yeah. I think that genesis, so I see that there is four waves of how the internet has evolved. The first wave was uh, bringing information and building content sites. Uh, second was when Google was born, where one was looking at 
how do you find an efficient way to connect to a connect, uh, content platform, right? Which is where a platform like Google enabled you to con connect to the content on other websites. The third way, what I call is where you're looking at fulfillment because everyone who's going uh, to a platform like Google is looking at fulfillment of a certain need, right? Whether it can be buying a product, buying a service, and that is when the transaction platforms, whether it is, I think obviously Amazon, we all know of, Flipkart, so on and so forth. So all of the transaction platforms have uh, pretty much built on it. And I believe that uh, in the next few years, any sector, where there is a possibility to build a transaction platform, that is what the consumers want, that is what the businesses want. So so therefore, I'm completely skewed, so to say, that anything that is not transacting today should be a transaction platform on the internet. So Let's come back to how did you study the various spaces in PIC? Uh, so uh, having narrowed down to India, B2B, yeah. looking at the manufacturing sector, if I look at it in the manufacturing sector, it was very, very evident that in the different category of products that people buy, uh, MRO, which stands for maintenance, repair and operations, people call it indirect purchase, people call it class C purchase, all different names for the same uh, dimension. Maybe uh, for the listeners, it might be better if you just explain uh, what is exactly MRO. Okay, so let's look at, uh, if you have, uh, I'll take an example, if there is a large manufacturing plant, you can think of whether it is in automotive or electrical space. Typically, that manufacturing company to run its operations would buy products which fall under three categories. One is products which can be directly steel, chemical, so on and so forth, called as direct material. The second category of products are typically products which they may be getting custom designed for their products. So these can be drawing oriented products. And the third is the category of products which are required for their day-to-day -day running of the manufacturing plant. Now that is the third category, uh, again, gets called by these three different names, class C items, indirect purchase, or MRO. And there are... Uh, typically in this category of products, the number of categories is very large. So today we do 30 plus categories, uh, 2,500 plus brands. So there is a fair bit of fragmentation of the brands, products, uh, supply that you need. And these are typically required for running the manufacturing plant efficiently. Got it. Got it. And, and this is so different from uh, understanding a consumer idea, right? So how did you go about getting your hands dirty? Hands dirty. <laughs> so I would say, again, uh, it was interesting because 2015, um, while we were building and going deeper into understanding the space, we spent time across many of them. We had narrowed down to manufacturing organizations that we wanted to work with. So going deeper into talking to many of the manufacturing companies, studying the ecosystems in US, Middle East, South Africa, China. So I think uh, finding what was the right value proposition uh, both in a combination of technology, supply chain, sales, financing. So I think we had that little bit of a luxury in 2015, uh, almost six to nine months when we were just going and studying and going deeper into the value proposition. What do people want? Uh, who can be the early adopters and getting the right product market fit. So I would say it was an evolutionary curve of nine months for us to uh, get really to the right, uh, learn the space and get the product market fit in a way that we started to build upon. And how did you know this was a large opportunity? Uh, how did you go about looking at the sizing and the traditional things that startups do? So I think that question was answered fairly early on. I think that large opportunity was not that big a question for us. I think the bigger question for us was what is the value proposition and what can be the role we can play in that value proposition. So. Sharpening that was a bigger goal because if you look at it, I feel uh, sometimes when you start to cross 20, 25, $50 billion kind of opportunities, I think you should no longer look at uh, doing a plus minus 1 billion is not going to make any difference in Absolutely. the market size, right? So you once you have that uh, number beyond a particular size, the question really becomes is what is your value proposition and how much percentage of the market size can it address, right? So 
uh, I would say after one or two months, we were no longer uh, so bothered about the billions of dollars. Yeah, right? so Which is a good part about brands book about it B two B. Yeah, you, you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean most B two B spaces in India, like we discussed last time, are generally very large. And uh, interestingly, the industry has is very inefficient in India. Supply chain is not good. Or, like uh, Rahul is mentioning, there is procurement is a hassle. There are large number of brands and products required, and supply chain becomes very complex. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if you can provide a technology solution to it, create a value proposition there, enable con- bring convenience and quality, I think there's a value to be created. Yeah. yeah. So maybe switching gears, like uh, you identify the space, what did you do next? Did you go hire a team or started building the product? Maybe walk us through the early phases. So I think uh, as a first-time entrepreneur, I mean, you try to do uh, as many things as possible. So we were hiring, I think we. Ha- I was lucky, I, I got two of uh, very smart folks, one joined us from Amazon, one joined us from... Uh, Snapdeal in the early days. Uh, founder or team member? Leadership, part of our senior leadership team members. Uh, I would say they are semi co-founders because uh, we were inside a manufacturing plant when they joined us. And um, uh, so we were building the team. We are building, started to build the technology. We started to build the supply side. Now, I think if you look at building a transaction platform, it's very important. It's a um, supply side uh, will not happen till you did not, don't get a demand and demand will not happen till you have the supply side, right? So, so you are always solving for the chicken and egg problem. And... Uh, uh, how we believed uh, that problem, we need to get to some amount of technology and supply side uh, before you start to attract the demand uh, in place. So I would say that uh, almost till July, uh, August of 2015, we were focused on building a small team, getting the tech in place to a certain extent, getting the supply in place. And then only in August or September, we started to go after the demand. And and how did you think of you, like since you are kind of a marketplace, transaction so your sellers were small sellers and buyers were small buyers or your buyers are large buyers of these large orders and sellers are also large so how did you think about that marketplace structure as well so i think supply side we were fairly clear because supply side was uh, uh, all the sme so we we realized early on that uh, if you look at it india supply chain whether it is a equivalent of a chavdi bazaar or lower chal or paris corner in chennai all of these are SME suppliers. Now, having said what we call them as SME suppliers, some of them are as large as 500 CR as well. So, but mm-hmm. uh, but there is quite a few of them who may be 5 to 10 CR. So, it was clear on the supply side, it is SME, but few of them can be large. On the demand side, I would say in early days, uh, we believe that our value proposition is going to be more tuned towards the medium-sized enterprises. And that is where we would focus on and build upon. Uh, over time that we have realized that the largest of companies in the country, our value proposition fits very well. So now I think we are fairly focused on medium to large enterprises as the uh, okay. uh, demand side. Got it. But, but are the, do you think that, uh, I mean, in my experience, the, it's very difficult to go and sell technology or products to an Indian business and offline. So how do you crack? How do you get your first customer and then first to 10 customers? And what was the slog you have to do there? I guess uh, selling to Indian businesses is one of the hardest that I have experienced. I think somewhere a uh, little bit of enterprise sales experience, uh, which I had gathered helped. In fact, I think uh, to build an organization like Moglex, while you need the technology expertise, probably you need a lot more of a sales and BD expertise uh, as an organization because uh, people uh, and some of the early customers, you are basically as an entrepreneur selling the dream and selling yourself, right? right. Because they are believing that you will be able to do it. So, so you have to play to all your credentials, all your investor credentials, all your technology credentials, because uh, without that... Uh, but what is the main point? Even with all that, what what you have to tell them something, right? How did the, the first customer to convert believe in you that yeah. Yeah, this is my, this is your issue and you know we are solving for you? So I would say that uh, obviously we went through a couple of uh, reference networks and uh, the people who gave us meetings uh, I would say that we are, were able to show them that we are going to make it 
better than what they have doing currently by give an example of who this customer like you don't need to name the customer right. for the audience like what kind of customer what was their pain point because for consumers we understand we need to get uh, food at home or whatever right for, uh, the, for maintenance repair operations like who is the customer and what is their pain point so i some of our early customers were in the automotive sector so if i take one of the automotive customers as example they had a challenge that they were operating 16 manufacturing plants and uh, interestingly they had a initiative undergoing in their organization for last one and a half years that they wanted to go about having a one stop solution uh, because they faced challenge that how do they centralize across 16 plants who are buying this category of products in a maverick manner when we went and pitched them they said that we have been trying to do this for a while uh, you guys uh, seem to be specialized focused on this completely you have the right background we are seeing what supply side you are build we are seeing what is the technology that we have built we are willing to take a bet with one plant why don't you go and do it and if you do that successfully over the next 3 months we'll expand that to 16 plants and did they have erp or supply chain management so most of the customers had the erp so okay. so sap became kind of almost like a de facto erp uh, in many of our customers so you had to integrate with that and then then automate the so the early pilot they were willing to even not have an integrated system but kind of try out whether we have the supply chain capability because their test was more supply chain capability versus the technology capability Got so it. can you deliver with the right quality cost and delivery so qct is a parameter that we get measured on quite a bit in a b2b sector which is quality cost and delivery so if you are able to provide these three value propositions and then the technology to them is the fourth dimension which is a plus Uh, plus one on top of it because that is more about efficiency of delivering QCD. Mm-hmm. What they care about is QCD. Correct. Right. I remember initial days you used to spend a lot of time focused on quality. Every product was quality checked. Like you had a warehouse, things used to come to you. You check everything was getting shipped out, and that was like the hard hard part of things initially, right? Yeah. Which you were focusing on. So I think that is also important that we early on realize that when you are building businesses in India, and more so I think in India now that we have spent time across multiple countries, every piece of the value chain is broken. so whether you talk of how does a delivery happen from the current supply market to a demand market what is the technology that is sitting with erp what is the sales go to market what may be the financing market all of these are broken so what you are heavy lifting is kind of building the entire infrastructure and uh, because we in our case we are dealing with lot more uh, i believe fragmented set of brands and supply so the form factor of products can be very different right a simple problem right so there there are form factor of products where we have shipped like 500 tons of uh, fasteners to a guy right i mean like that form factor is very very different versus shipping a small power tool uh, to a customer right so when you are doing that kind of variation and because your customers are enterprise customers you got to make sure you can't be like a open marketplace for any supplier to come in and sell so you got to create it as a curated marketplace you got to understand the form factors you got to understand the packaging you got to understand how do you make the delivery happen so all of those challenges we had to kind of stitch it together right and that's where uh, i would say the um, uh, lot of the ground work had to be done so so while we talked a lot about i think uh, technology as an enabler but i think it's very important to understand that technology is an enabler which enables you to scale but there is a lot of grunt work that needs to happen in the background so the overall compared to let's say flipkart or consumer things we understand it's it's a book it goes from the warehouse and then Uh, 3PL or and the Flipkart case they handle the logistics. So the, all this we understand, whereas the world here seems to be completely different, right? You're shipping 500 tons, right, or it's a serious tonnage, and then it might not be. Uh, so yes, cost and delivery matters, but quality is sacrosanct. Right. So these are all the nuances which you. Yeah, especially your uh, mission critical stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. The plant cannot stop uh, at all, right? So yeah. why is that important? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like think about it. There are process plants now that we are working with, which are 24 by 7. Mm-hmm. The line stoppage cost is. probably 100x of the product that we are delivering to mm. mm. so why 
while this is uh, as in it's a, it's a 1 lakh product if the line stops at 1 hour they lose 10 lakhs or or maybe much yeah or, 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 or yeah so that is yeah, yeah. Uh, so so we say that in in our organization we have to take pride in a fact that we are the partners to running a manufacturing plant smoothly mm. and in fact that remains a core dna that if you are not passionate about that i want to power and run so manufacturing sector today is a 300 billion dollar sector hopefully we'll get to a 1 trillion dollar sector by 2025 if you don't take pride that i want to power 50% of the manufacturing sector uh, with moglex as the preferred partner to kind of have the tires running we are the tires of a manufacturing organization right we are not the sexy part of a manufacturing organization um so we got to take pride in running the tires effectively right yeah. so uh, that's what you got to be more passionate about yeah so one of the things which uh, i wanted to talk to you about was uh, in b2c companies it's very easy you set up your online shop you set up facebook marketing you set up google marketing and you start getting orders hopefully from day one you know how do you do that what is the sales or marketing bit which happens in b2b so i think there are a lot of different companies a lot of different go to market tactics people can use but um, uh, if you look at it if you're selling to medium to large enterprises you got to build an enterprise sales team there is no other way about it at least so far in the country and um, so we uh, had to build an enterprise sales organization um, including myself i do a lot of uh, that enterprise sales myself ceo is the first sales guy ceo is the first sales <laughs> yeah. guy uh, and it is important because that is a uh, just like your supply chain and technology that is a core competency of your organization to be built so if you can't uh, sell convince and then deliver to that promise you will not be able to build a b2b enterprise in a country and i don't think it's just true for startups it's true for every single large organization you go to sap oracle any of the software companies or a larger logistics companies which work with enterprises that's the way to go got it okay and what else is different about uh, building both supply or demand you can say, talk about either side as compared to a consumer business here we, we touched upon a few things anything else that jumps out at you so i would say the only other thing that plays very differently is that in a consumer it's a single decision maker and he can be making at any time of the day or whatever he likes right purchase, i mean yeah. the entire decision making i think uh, in businesses that decision making is little more complex and that is also one of the reasons i think uh, while back in 2001 there was a belief that b2b will be a bigger thing and there were a lot of companies that originated and uh, but b2c happened faster just because there is a single decision making process right i think this is the time when b2b will happen a lot more faster because that basics of uh, the technology oriented commerce is as well established and now you have to navigate the process part of it so we navigate a lot of the process part of business decision making combined with the commerce engine to make it happen so so that i think is is one of the big differences in a b2b transaction versus a consumer the second thing that comes out is i mean like consumers are a lot more uh, non frequent uh, buyers uh, how often do you buy on a flipkart or amazon uh, businesses are typically a lot more frequent so and yeah you cannot have a bad business customer so you can afford you maybe, cannot have a bad experience you cannot generate i think yeah. consumer companies can get by in the millions of consumers few hundred to be bad but for us because the universe of businesses we work with is less therefore focus on every single business customer is lot higher is there network effects here do they talk to each other or getting more supply gets more demand kind of situation here absolutely uh, but it builds more over a period of time um, because it's about creating a brand name it is about creating the reference network because the s companies are looking for references uh, so the network effects are more on the referential because people are looking at who else in their community is using a similar solution and they will call that person and ask for what are the benefits because inherently as compared to a consumer a business will be little more risk averse Yeah. because consumer is taking a chance on himself and he's probably betting 1000 2000 rupees here that volume is higher and 
people's professional career may be at risk if you don't do a great job right so uh, those are aspects uh, that one needs to be clear you know, clear of i mean early days we were asked a question what happens if you shut down i mean like i move the entire thing to you guys uh, and you shut down i mean like i'll be in a big soup right so you have to solve for those kind of questions which you don't have to solve in a consumer it's not a problem answer that question that's an important question i mean i think i was selling myself so i i told them that we are in the space that Uh, you are, i we understand and appreciate that you are changing your business buying behavior which you have not changed over the last 70 years working with us and that's a big uh, opportunity you are giving to us and we are going to be committed for next several decades to work with you mm-hmm. so i think our going in value proposition both as a personal skin as a and as a organization skill uh, skin in the game was that we are going to be around for next decades working with you mm-hmm. which is a very different level of promise yeah, uh, yeah right. that you are making uh, now i wouldn't say that we had the entire funding to say that will last several decades but at least as a entrepreneur as a team we have vision to last several decades Absolutely. and the ability to sell that yeah and the other uh, difference is help us understand the cash flow cash cycles in a b2b business how is it different from a b2c like can you must pay up front and then get the products how is it in a, in your particular business so uh, I think it's a simple. We have we have to always see what is the usual cycle that happens, and then how do we as startups firstly might be aligning ourselves to the usual cycle, and then probably changing it, right? So consumers always have been used to paying upfront and then buying a product. Yeah. So therefore, it was not very difficult for every startup or internet company to just mimic that behavior. In businesses' case, businesses are used to following payment terms, which can be thirty days, sixty days, whatever is the payment cycle they are currently used to. So firstly as a business you have to align towards that as a normal mode of working because otherwise there is a friction created. So we had to align towards that and now with uh, there are lot of possibilities as you grow in size that you can completely start to change that behavior or have financing options as a financing uh, so you got to think through in this particular case. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely because you you got to start with what is a normal behavior and then how do you start to change it over a period of time? Yeah. Because in go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I was going to ask a different question. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, one of all the B two B businesses which we have seen, I think uh, Moglix is over-indexed on technology to a very like, large extent. I mean, your unique USP to the market, going to the market, has been that you know we are a tech-first B two B marketplace, right? Uh, so, can you tell us a bit about you know what is that unique positioning? Because you had a bunch of competitors who were competing against you when you started, and a lot of them fell off, uh, and you succeeded against them. And uh, you know, was I think was it technology or was it something else? Or I mean, but maybe a role of technology if you can explain a bit. So I would say that it is definitely a combination of one strong commitment towards the sector, which enabled us both on our sales, supply chain, and technology. Mm-hmm. And I think technology sometimes we think of it as a software platform, but I think it is also about technology first thinking. Mm-hmm. Because technology first thinking to me is you are starting to any time a problem is thrown to you, you are applying how can I solve it with technology? How can I build it scalable? And then how what kind of efficiencies it may generate, right? So. i think that is one of the core principles that uh, we are able to for every problem and challenge that is thrown at us we do apply the technology first thinking we are still thinking of commitment towards the sector and we are building supply chain and sales organization around that um i think uh, given my background and quite a few of the leaders who joined technology was like literally in the blood of the organization right as opposed to many of maybe our peer set who may come from different backgrounds so i think it's a more natural flair which comes to us that we want to think about technology way of uh, doing it uh, one question on that so on the consumer facing technology side with the products which you have built um, how difficult or easy it is for you to have been to get customer adoption to take place like this not easy <laughs> it takes time it takes uh, a few cycles to get there and uh, because there can be people who may insist on um delivering either a supply chain or 
other value propositions first before they want to experience uh, and change their behavior right so i think what is interesting about india i i believe is which is both i think uh, good and bad in some shape or form that we are a fairly heterogeneous country so every individual will think differently mm-hmm. so there will be people who will be more latching on to that i want to use a the technology there can be people who would be completely anti it right so mm-hmm. so there is always a set of customers uh, who will like one approach versus the other and i think as uh, the ecosystem develops as the uh, your brand develops uh, i think now when we go into the customers we are able to lot more uh, demonstrate and say this is the right way of going about it and then they listen to us because we go and tell them that this is how 400 manufacturing plants are working with us and this is the new norm and this is exactly how you should think about doing the chain management this is how you should think about technology data supply chain so on so forth so now having built over a period of time a credibility i think it becomes easier in the early days yes we had to follow all depending on the customer we had to follow different routes to get there okay mm. and and maybe just follow up on that on the product front who how did you figure out who is a product manager did you did you hire someone who knew the space or or how do you figure out what's the product to be built here so i would say that again uh, we've been fairly lucky pankaj is our head of engineering uh, uh, we is an awesome um, a leader in terms of uh, he can build anything under the sun uh, that's uh, that's an awesome expertise we acquired so whether it was thinking about sap thinking about saas products thinking about supply chain problems thinking about financing problems so he can build anything so he's a uh he is a very very strong engineering leader for us and uh, i think uh, uh, combined with the business expertise uh, i wouldn't say that we have really a product head still we are still finding the uh, trying to find the perfect product guy right. sure. but, but between the role or you and pankaj uh... me business leaders combined with pankaj we are able to bridge that gap i think uh, that is a lot of customers we talked because we are solving business problems right so so understanding the business problem synthesizing it kind of coming up with a skeleton structure of what a product may look like once we have that skeleton structure we have a team which can translate it to life Into so life. okay any other nuances on building the team here for a b2b business i would say the one of the biggest nuances for us was it was not a sexy sector to attract talent mm. i mean in 2015 we have all known the boom and and then the bus cycles of the subsequent year uh, so either you're fighting the basic fact that there can be more sexy shiny money losing companies consumer companies being built <laughs> or you may be fighting whether the startup as a sector from the stability <laughs> remains attractive and uh, we started our headquarters still continues to be noida i uh, so uh, yes attracting talent uh, is always a challenge however i think the good part what has happened with us is that we have been able to attract the people who are really passionate about this sector versus people who are just sort of flying or hopping from one side to the other and did you hire from the sector or from expert experts in the industry or any any such requirements or so we hired from a combination of manufacturing and technology sector so we uh, between 18 leader quite a few of them have spent time at manufacturing company but have also spent time with their technology company so people there are a lot of people from tata steel there are a lot of people which comes from the new gen uh, new age uh, commerce companies whether it is amazon whether it is paytm snapdeal so on and so forth so so that is where we have been able to bridge the mix of uh, people sector across the two sec- sector sector and technology Great. i think those were mostly the questions i had anything else prank no or i mean uh, what would be your advice to anybody starting off in this sector or thinking about starting off in this sector number one advice So B2B, B2B, B2B. B2B. Yes. so I would say the number one advice would be that you got to be in for a long haul and committed to the sector. Hmm. This is not a fly-by-night sector because you will not be able to credibly demonstrate like. value. There are customers we talked two years back, and after two years they have become customers for us because they wanted to just 
see that will be will we be around <laughs> and if you are not committed for long haul uh, then i don't think this may be the right sector for uh, the founders it requires a lot of patience it requires constantly talking to your customers showing value committing time and energy into the sector right. i mean whichever sector you i mean like our uh, commitment towards manufacturing sector is like all over the dimensions that we commit and spend time on building the sector whether it is spending time with automotive chemical pharma steel mining all of these sectors we are spending time on how do we grow the industry how do we build india as a manufacturing hub right and one last thing so if you were to change something uh, go back in time and make some different decision um, about how you did certain things what would one of those things would be so i wouldn't say that there are any specific uh, uh, what would have helped you move faster not change the decision I think one thing would could have helped if GST happened one year earlier. Uh, that could have been helpful. If I was to go back uh, and think about, uh, it's a big enabler, and I think uh, without that, the number of friction points we would be solving would continue to slow us down. So our ability to scale definitely have accelerated. Uh, but I think we just got lucky that still GST happened. Uh, so it's a perfect moment for a B two B company to happen in the country. That's great. Thank you. quickly summarize so you maybe starting out you were not from the b2b industries took 6 9 months to really study figure out where you wanted to spend not just the next few years but the next couple of decades because customers here are thinking decades your customers are organizations that have been in manufacturing for a long time and they can't afford to have downtime so they focus on quality cost and delivery quality being very key if if something goes down even for an hour this 100x the damage so understanding that and and building a product not just a product but a holistic solution a curated marketplace here which could deliver that find tons of fasteners you talked about end to end so thinking the whole supply chain there and making sure that worked was key and once you cracked all this then in parallel you had a really strong technology background and built a team of both technology and manufacturing folks who could come together and figure out products that as you built high quality that brought more customers on board onto your technology platform so technology was used as an enabler to scale but not necessarily for the first uh, initial days and then finally your advice on thinking really long haul uh, for anyone who wants to be in the sector think decades because it's one trillion or more uh, market to go after on the b2b side as you pointed out so these are all great points thank you so much for joining